Welcome to Behind the Membership Season 2, Episode 10, and today I'm talking with Nigel Moore all about his membership site, The Tech Tribe. Nigel places a high emphasis on providing excellent services for his members, including offering all members a personal coaching call when they join, a private coaching section in his community, and creating most of his content based on member questions and needs. As a result, he's really tuned in to what his members and his potential members are looking for and what will help them to get results. And this has enabled him to build a six-figure membership site with relative ease. In this episode, we're talking about how Nigel gets a member a day without marketing and what happens when he turns his marketing funnel on. We're also talking about the challenge of content creation, doing things that don't necessarily scale and introducing a higher membership tier into the mix, plus much more. So let's get started. Welcome to Behind the Membership with Callie Willows. Real people, real stories, real memberships. Today I'm joined on the show by Nigel Moore from The Tech Tribe. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today, Nigel. I'm really looking forward to talking with you about your membership site. Thank you. And I suppose I should kick it off by saying g'day, just so that uh, <laughs> I can reinforce that I'm from the land down under. Yeah, my, my second Aussie guest on this round of the podcast. So I'm, I'm getting more and more international. Oh, good. Um, yeah. So um, to get us started then, if we dive straight in, could you tell us a little bit about the Tech Tribe, what it offers, who it's for? Yeah, absolutely. So the quick, I guess, 30 second, 60 second rundown was that I owned an IT support business, our business business-to-business business, IT support business for about just under 10 years. And I ran it for about six to eight years before that. And I built it up to the point where I sold it in 2016. And now I've created a membership site where I teach and coach and train and mentor other people that own that exact same business model, uh, which is a, a, they're called a managed service provider or an MSP. And uh, so it's a membership program, much like the Member Site Academy, but very specific for our particular niche. And, uh, and we do the same as what you guys do, training content, downloads, a community, coaching, mentoring, and whatnot in there. Awesome. And so how long ago did you launch the site now? Uh, it was either February or March last year. So we're about 14, 15 months into it now. Awesome. And you mentioned that you kind of sold your previous business. So was the plan always to move into this membership model or what made you decide to go down this route? This is actually version two. I started a site kind of similar to this back when I owned my IT company back in about 2000 and. I'm going to say it was 2013 with a friend of mine and we built it up to a kind of tiny little site, but it was fun. And it was because back then when I owned my company, I found that I was kind of coaching and teaching other people in the industry a little bit on the side and enjoying that a whole lot more than I was enjoying running my own IT business. And that kind of put the writing on the wall to go out and uh, figure out how I could go and do that for a living. And uh, so we had that little one on the wall running for probably a couple of years and, uh, and it was working pretty well as a side little gig for us. And uh, that was probably the impetus back then. And then when I was selling my business, that process took about a year. But going through that process, I always knew that this was what I would be jumping into afterwards in a more full-time capacity. And we'd kind of turn it into the, the business version two and, uh, and relaunch and, and go gangbusters again. Awesome. And so is this the full-time business for you now, the membership? It is. It's my main business. Uh, I've also set up a little... Uh, you call it, I don't know, private investment business or whatever on the side where we were looking around for a few little small businesses to go and invest in. We called it Teeth Capital, which uh, you're probably wondering what on earth does teeth have to do with it? Do we invest in dentist firms or whatnot? But uh, the whole point of that is that um, we buy and sink out, we buy and invest into small businesses and then we sink our teeth into making them better. And um, 
And so that's my kind of side gig where we're looking out for a couple of projects at the moment, but the day-to-day now is, is the tech tribe and has been for the last year. Awesome. And so in terms of the tech tribe then, so you mentioned that you offer kind of content, you've got a community in there and things like that. Is the site always open or do you run on a launch cycle? We originally ran on a launch cycle uh, for the first three intakes and that probably went over a four month period. And that was while we were kind of getting the the balls rolling and trying to figure out how things work. And we just didn't want people coming in willy nilly during that process. After that, then we opened it up and it's been open ever since. However, we're now starting to get to the point where we've got enough members that things are starting to stretch in certain areas and whatnot. So we'll probably in the next three to six months, we'll probably close it again and uh, just expand our capacity inside for a little bit and then go to some kind of launch relaunch thing just as we go or some 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 kind of intake thing as we go from there but at the moment it is it is wide open people can join and we get a couple of people joining each day or at least at least one every day coming in and joining us which is cool great and so i'm interested there where you you mentioned kind of that you're essentially at capacity in terms of members and and so you might close the doors what does that look like for you what effect does that have on the membership do you think when your your member numbers are higher so when, we, when people join us, I kind of go a little bit overboard uh, because I love talking to our new guys. And so every person that joins us, I give them a free coaching call. And, uh, and so right now we are not doing any marketing, but we are still getting a person join us every single day. Uh, so we're kind of getting 30 members a month and whatnot, which means 30 coaching calls a month. When we are marketing and we've got a campaign running and we, we do all our campaigns on Facebook at the moment, but when we have campaigns running, we can sometimes get between five and 10 new members a day. And uh, when you're offering a free coaching call as a bonus for everybody that joins after that, kind of doesn't scale very well and uh, kind of makes my calendar get chock-a-block. And I know I should be stopping that sometime soon, but I love it. I absolutely love getting on and talking to the guys once they join and giving them a few quick wins on a call. And we kind of kind of cap most of them to 20, 30 minutes and whatnot. But that's the kind of thing that breaks uh, as you scale up. And if we get too many people come in, that's where capacity hits. And uh, one of the other little things that we have in there that I know you guys have launched as well as a private coaching section. Uh, which I, I originally came across that from um, a mutual friend of ours, James Shramko, and, uh, and I got some benefit out of it. So I put it in our one and we get some really great momentum and conversations happening in those private coaching section as well to help people out. But of course, because it's me in there that's coaching people, that kind of has a capacity limit. So they're the kind of things that, that stretch and, um, and show us when we're kind of busting at the seams, so to speak. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. It's those kind of more personal elements that that don't necessarily scale as well. No. But things like the private coaching call, presumably that really helps in terms of helping you to get members off to the best start and, you know, get building that relationship with them so they stay around for longer as well. Correct. Yeah. And you can see everybody that takes up the private coaching call, there's a, there's a really long retention with all of these guys. They hang around, they know that they're getting value They're They jump in, they engage in the forums. Once they get to know me, just from a quick 20 minute call from me or a 30 minute call from me, they kind of get a whole lot more engaged in the community rather than it just being someone on the other end of the world with a, um, down on the bottom end of the world with a, a website that's delivering them stuff. It's kind of a, a personal relationship then. And, and I do know all of my guys. And once I start talking to them in the community, we've had that kind of one-on-one conversation already with people. So it really helps out there as well. Yeah, definitely. And are you offering monthly and annual memberships? How are you pricing the site? Yeah. So we, we offer monthly, we're currently at, we launched with a, a $40 a month thing for our founding members. We're now at 50. Eventually over the next 12 to 18 months, I kind of see us getting to only an annual option and it will probably be somewhere between $1,000 and $1,500 per month. We have higher level programs that people move into after that, but that will be our, our entry level tech tribe program. And we're kind of taking things slow. 
I haven't, we're probably due for another price increase six months ago, but I've kind of been holding off just while we, we get some things sorted out in there and we get a little bit more training than I want to roll out in there and whatnot. Awesome. And so when it comes to the training, what are you actually delivering on a monthly basis to members? So it kind of changes. We don't set a, a, a strict schedule that we're going to roll out one template and one resource and whatnot. Kind of comes down to my capacity, how much stuff I can roll out, as well as what people are yearning for at the moment. And so uh, lately, a lot of people have been asking about training on how to get new clients. It's one of the biggest struggles in our business. And uh, so we've been just focusing on getting some, not, not too much training, but just good quality training in there for them to be able to go out and get stuff done. And so I'm kind of the... You, you join some membership sites and you jump and you go, holy crap. And then they just blast you with, with new stuff every single week. And, um, and we're kind of the polar opposite. I will only put stuff in there if it's really high quality. And that means that at some months we might only put one, maybe two things in there. Uh, however, they're typically pretty high quality and they might be a, a checklist or they might be a, a proposal template or a managed service agreement template, which is a legal contract or, um, some type of, of thing that they can go and resell out to their clients. And so they're typically those kinds of higher level things, not just, not just a quick five minute training that we're putting in there. So we'll do them kind of time to time. Um, but it's a, a myriad. There's no set structure to it. It's kind of just getting, getting great quality stuff and getting it in there based on what people as people are asking about at that particular time or what people's challenges and frustrations and pain points are at that particular point in time. We do have a roadmap, but that changes pretty regularly because the industry changes and people's needs change and, and whatnot as well. So kind of keep it fairly fluid. So, in terms of that, if you're creating content based on kind of what members are asking for, and as you said, changes in the industry, do you actually, are you able to create content in advance or are you very much creating content as you go? Most of our stuff is created as we go. So we'll, I'll go, okay, every, there's been a few people asking about um, or, or struggling with hiring people lately. So I'm going to go and do a, a session on hiring and I'll go and put that together and launch it that kind of week that we don't, we don't have launch dates of things that have happened. So last week, for instance, uh, a couple of our guys in our higher level program were struggling going through some hiring processes. And, uh, and we had a pretty good process in my IT business for how to hire people, for how to weed out people that weren't A players. And so I, I took one step out of that and created a training around it. And it's kind of only a 10 minute training with a little couple of questions and whatnot, but the guys are able to jump in and use that now and, um, and kind of amplify their, their hiring campaigns a whole lot better. So that's kind of the approach we take there. Great. And so What's been your biggest challenge with the membership site then? <laughs> the biggest challenge is getting everything out of my head and into, into some sort of structure or training or framework or whatnot. Uh, being in the industry for nearly 20 years, I've got an, a crazy amount of stuff thrown on, throwing around and jumping around and bouncing around up in there. And uh, to try and, and I've got these, like you guys are no doubt the exact same, that you've got all of these ideas and concepts and thoughts and ways that you can roll out new things. And my biggest challenge is, getting that out in a timely manner without, uh, without kind of overwhelming me and without overwhelming other people that are around me as well. And, uh, when we first started, it was a horrible process for me. When we first started, I remember we were launching our first, first course inside there and each module, each lesson was, was kind of seven, eight, nine minutes or whatnot of training and a worksheet. And I engaged another company to help me with that process because I, I wasn't very good at it at the time. I paid them maybe $15,000 and they came in and helped as well. And still every single seven, eight, nine, 10 minute lesson took me six to eight hours of my time to prep and brainstorm and prepare and then script out the slides. Back then I was scripting out my, my slides and, uh, and reading them from a script rather than doing it ad lib. And, uh, and so that process was incredibly painful for me for at least the first six to nine months in there 
now we're getting a whole lot more at it and I'm getting a whole lot more comfortable at it. And I've got some really good frameworks that I've learned that are helping me roll out stuff faster. Um, but that to me, that was definitely my biggest challenge in there. Yeah, I can. That's definitely a lot of time there, <laughs> there for creating the content. Too much time. <laughs> yeah, although I, I, you know, I was the same when we first started creating courses here. It, it took me so much longer than it than it does now. Um, but you mentioned there. So was it just simply practice, getting better, bringing in some frameworks and things that helped with that? Hundred percent. Majority just practice. The more you do these things, the better. And one of the things that that I I think everybody struggles with, especially us introverts, and I'm in a, a highly introverted um, industry, is that is that getting in front of video and talking on camera and whatnot is kind of tough when you first start out. And so one of the things that that kind of really amplified and and got me over that really quickly was when whenever somebody joins us and you guys do the same, you guys do that that welcome video. Those welcome videos we use Bonjour. I know you guys use Bomb Bomb and. Um, those welcome videos, I've now done 250 of them. I'll tell you what, I am extremely comfortable in front of a camera now after doing 250 welcome videos compared to what I was when I first started. And uh, so things like that, just practice, practice, practice. You get a whole lot more comfortable with it as you go. And then the frameworks just absolutely help. Rather than trying to figure out how to make a, a training lesson out of this mess in your head, you've kind of got this, this halfway point where you can say, okay, here's a framework. I'm going to throw this stuff into a framework and then turn it into the training lesson from there. So they absolutely help. But for me, that whole repetition and practice, that was the biggest, the biggest change. Yeah, definitely. And so um, you mentioned there about doing the, the welcome videos. Do you do any other live content in the membership site? So you mentioned the, the personal call as well, but yeah. are you doing like live Q&As and things like that? Yeah, so each month we have what we call a tribal gathering. And uh, it's once a month and we had one today, earlier on today. And we'd, we'd pick a topic for each one. So this morning's month was finding new clients. Funnily enough, I'm talking about that being a pain point. And, and we get a certain percentage of our tribe. Maybe this morning we would have had about 25% of our tribe live on that call, and, uh, which is really good for these kind of live things. And I run, ran through about an hour-long kind of workshop, getting them, running them through the, the pain points that they've probably got, the mistakes that they're no doubt making, that I see them making all the time, and then getting them a commitment at the end of exactly what to do to just get out there and get some more clients into their funnel. And, uh, and they're live at the end. It jumps into a Q&A with me. And um, people jump in and ask all types of questions and whatnot, which works really well. Uh, but that's at the moment the only live component that we've got in there. In our higher level program, we do have we do have weekly live stuff happening, but just in the day to day thing, there's just that. Awesome. So you mentioned your higher level program there. So you only recently started that, didn't you? We did. We just launched it. Uh, what are we now? About three weeks ago. We launched that's it. So it's very new. And um, what was the um, decision behind deciding to offer that, that higher level? So in, in our industry, well, I guess every industry falls out of this is that, that so many people sign up to membership sites and courses and online courses and programs and workshops and all this kind of stuff. And they learn tons and tons and tons and tons of stuff, but they just don't do. And so I was seeing that left, right and center and people are coming to me saying like, I, I know all this stuff, but I'm just not doing it. And I went, okay, you guys just need a framework and accountability and kind of a group to do it with. And, uh, and someone that's, that's an expert in the industry or someone that's got a lot of knowledge in the industry kind of guiding your way. And so we created this program called Tribal Masters, which is our next level up. And it's, it's a mixture of some accountability, some peer kind of stuff in there, as well as coaching support from me underneath the whole thing, just for those people that just want to dive in and go the extra level. And they need that kind of external accountability rather than just trying to, trying to rely on their own motivations and their own internal kind of, um, things that just gives them that kind of external accountability and whatnot. And so far three weeks in 
guys are having some amazing results already. Granted, we're in a honeymoon period and I've told them they're all going to go up and down like a yo-yo for the next year, but uh, we're having some amazing results. The guys are loving it. They're doing really good things. And uh, I am super excited to see what they're going to be doing in the next year uh, with the support and the accountability and, and whatnot around them. Yeah, I think it's great when you can work closer with some members like that as well, because it really does help you to, again, build that relationship and also get some, some more in-depth on what issues your members are having as well, I think. Correct. Um, yeah. you know, we certainly found that when we were running the accelerator that that was, that was great for actually seeing what issues members were having and then taking that into the general membership as well. Absolutely. hundred percent. And, and that's more my zone of genius than creating training as I love getting on those things and helping guys out more in a kind of one-to-one or even just a tiny group kind of basis. So, uh, it's, it's my mode. That's where I'm on. And when I'm doing good things and, and getting momentum and I'm in flow and getting those guys some good results and helping them kind of get to the root causes of their problems and challenges and, and help them find ways through it. Yeah. And so is it a year long program where kind of, you're not going to take on new people and it's just going to be this one, one small group or how no, are you running we'll, that? It will, um, people will come into it again in probably two months. We'll open up for another intake that will join this one. So we'll get these guys in and we'll get them going and we'll get them some momentum and we'll, we'll fine tune and tweak all the edges and, and whatnot. And then we'll open up again for probably another round of people. And we might add another 10, maybe at that time in time, maybe 15. I'll, we'll see how things go. And, uh, and then we'll probably close it back off. Uh, however, the, the jury's kind of out on that at the moment because the, the downside to that is when you do something like that, one of the things that, that the guys get when, we, when they join uh, Tribal Masters is a one-on-one session with me where we plan for at least 90 minutes. Most of them have been going for two hours. We plan out the next 12 weeks. And uh, so if I bring 10 to 12 people in, that's kind of a lot of, a lot of one-to-one training pro or implementation sessions to get going. And so I may end up turning it more into a kind of drip thing, maybe uh, bring someone in each week and just have a wait list where we just bring on the latest person each week going through it. But I'll see how that goes over the next the next 12 weeks or so once these guys start to get uh, all bedded in and we get the, the systems tuned and whatnot, and then we'll, we'll kind of make the decision there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, it sounds like a great addition to the membership, but, yeah, you definitely need to make sure that it's sustainable for you. Correct. <laughs> Absolutely. Don't want to be doing 60, 80-hour weeks uh, in this thing that are on coaching calls all the time. As much as I love it, I don't think my family would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably not why you started this business in the first place. No, correct. Um, and so we talked a little bit about the the challenge. So what's been the actual highlight or what's your favorite thing about having the membership site? The, my favorite thing is I've got this, um, this little thing in my OneNote now, OneNote's Microsoft's version of Evernote. And uh, every single time I, I see a thank you or a, a, my business has changed or my life has been changed from members, I go and put it in there. And I have got this thing that is pages and pages and pages and pages long now that is full of the thank you notes from my guys and from my tribe and from my, my people that are all members. And that to me is the most amazing, fulfilling thing for the whole thing. Seeing that whatever I've created, whatever it is, is out there and getting results for people. And especially in our, the industry that I came from, we come from IT support. Now, IT support is a pretty thankless industry. People are ringing saying, hey, my stuff's broken, fix it. They're angry, they're cranky and whatnot. So, so coming into a business like this where I'm getting thank yous at least a couple of times every single week out of the blue, unsolicited thank yous out of the blue, that to me is an enormous highlight. It kind of lights me up and, and I've got this, I call it my happy folder. Whenever I'm having a struggle day, which we all do, I'll jump in there and I'll have a look and I go, man, this is why I do it. I love seeing those things, which is great. 
Awesome. I love that. Yeah. I, I always recommend a happy folder to any <laughs> memberships I own or it's awesome. As um, woo woo as it sounds, it is, yeah. <laughs> it is highly, um, highly, highly recommended. Yeah, it definitely is. Cause I think, as you said, it's, it's most people's highlight is that being able to have that results for members, but it can be easy to forget that when, when something's not going quite right. So having something where you can easily remind yourself is just perfect. I think. Absolutely. And, and I think emphasis on when something's going not quite right, that still happens in these businesses a hundred percent. It's uh, it's still a roller coaster, and I guarantee you every person that dives into this business model, it's, it's still going to be a roller coaster. but once you learn to enjoy the rides and notice the dips and, uh, and have tools in place to be able to help you get through those dips, like your woo woo happy folder, it just makes the process so much easier. Yeah, definitely. And so if we switch gears a little bit now, what are you findings working for you when it comes to attracting new members? So you mentioned before that you're not particularly marketing at the minute, but you're still getting a member a day. What are you doing to achieve that? Uh, we get tagged in a lot of posts now around in, in some of the free Facebook groups. When somebody asks a question about a particular, maybe template that we've got in our tribal library or whatnot. So we get people from that. Uh, I've been on podcasts in our industry has certainly helped and just got some really great relationships with vendors around the place that, vendors in our industry that are typically serving up software to these guys and these, these girls in their, their IT companies, they're, whenever they hear a pain point that they know that we've got some sort of training or whatever in there, referring them across to us. And so it's kind of coming from most of those lead sources at the moment. And uh, when we turn on marketing, we only, we have one Facebook funnel that we use and that works incredibly well. It took us about four months to get working well and many, many, many thousands of dollars to learn the marketing process and figure out what works and what doesn't. But that marketing funnel, when we do turn it on, works great. And we get some really solid metrics out of that. But right now we just don't need it. We're working on too many other things and just trying to fine tune up a couple of things. And then once we, we're ready for a little bit more scalability and growth, we'll go back and turn that marketing engine back on. But that's great that you've got something that you can just turn on and off that you know is going to work when you want that boost of members. Yeah, I correct. Think, you know, that's the dream for a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was hard to get there. Trust me. We, we had many, many, many failures of different types of campaigns thinking this is going to be the one that works. And this is going to be the one that works. And you go and put 50 or 100 hours into it and contractors time and whatnot. And you roll it out and it's just crickets or, or $150 cost per acquisitions or, or whatever. And you just go, ah failed again. <laughs> next, you jump on to the next one. But then once you do get one that works, you, it's a pretty damn amazing thing. And you still got to tweak it and adjust it and fine tune it and, and whatnot. But uh, once you know the marketing, the messaging is right, you can kind of scale it up pretty easily from there. Yeah. And so you mentioned that was on Facebook. So have you found that that's been the best platform for you to reach your members? Well, it's the only one that we've used at the moment. So it, the funnel is a, a Facebook ad to a, a lead landing, sorry, a lead magnet that goes into a basic, a very, very, very basic email funnel. And uh, we were closing, or well, people were joining within about two to three days. The majority of people were joining within about two to three days of um, of downloading the the lead magnet, which was very related to to stuff inside our our tribe. And uh, and yeah, that's how it, it kind of worked from there. Awesome. And I noticed you're using proof on the site as well. Yes. Uh, the little pop-up that tells people when somebody else has bought. So have you noticed that that's worked well for you? Have you noticed it bumping in conversions? We, we actually put it on before we were getting um, numbers. So we had it on when our first things were failing. And so we actually haven't tested it lately without it on. We should, I know we should, I like it being on there. It doesn't cost a lot of money. So we just leave it on at the moment. I'm kind of scared to take it off. <laughs> you know, there's, there's, 
if it's if it's on there and we're getting good numbers, which we are getting good numbers now, I just I kind of think don't it's the old saying let a sleeping dog lie. So right now we're just letting a sleeping dog lie with that part of the funnel. Uh, it, we've had a few people mention that oh yeah, I saw people were joining, so I jumped in and joined. So uh, kind of anecdotally, I've got proof that it's working, but not the hardcore numbers because we actually didn't test it before before we put it on. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. So not wanting to, <laughs> whenever something's working, I'm always worried Correct. about changing anything. It's like, yeah. Correct. No, no. Um, so if that's how you're getting new members, then how are you keeping members? What are you doing to keep people engaged and coming back month after month? Uh, so uh, as most people say in a membership program is people come for the content and they stay for the community. And that's pretty relevant in our in ours as well. You see a lot of people as you follow their, their journey, when they join, they're always going into the library and downloading documents and templates and whatnot. But then we've, we've got a pretty heavy push in getting them engaged in our, in the private coaching section and getting them engaged in the community and getting them engaged in getting some help from me in different things, as well as our monthly tribal gatherings. And that's typically what keeps the majority of people around is just giving them a bit of a vision for the future of what's coming, uh, making sure they've got the support around them. For one of the things that I, I talk about with our tribe is that there's some free Facebook groups in our industry that float around, but I don't like doing business on Facebook and Facebook's a great tool for many, many different things. However, I, ha I am yet to meet a single person in the entire world out of all of Facebook's billions of users or however many they've got in 500 million users that can actually go into Facebook, do the business that they need to do and get back out of Facebook without being distracted. And for me, that's, I don't want to do business on a platform like that. So, so we kind of, coach our guys and I teach my guys that that's why we're over here. We've got it separated from Facebook. You can come in, you can do some work on your business. You can get some advice. You're not going to be distracted by all of these red button, red numbers that are sitting up the top. And, um, and you're going to be able to get back and work on your business. These, these social media companies, Facebook and, um, and all of these places have the world's best neuroscientists and whatnot in there trying to figure out how to keep you on the platform once you get there. And to me, I can't, I, I just don't want to build a business like that. So we focus very heavily on, on, making it like a pizza shop. They come in, they get what they need. They don't get distracted by anything else. And then they can get back out. There's no advertisements in there from vendors. There's none of this, these red little dots up in the corner trying to take their eye away from, from things. You come in, you get your work done, you figure out what pain points you've got. You, you learn a little bit based on what's happened in the last couple of months or a couple of days or a couple of weeks or however long it's been since you chimed in. Then you jump back out and you go back into working on your business. Yeah. I mean, that sounds perfect. And you mentioned there that your community is not on Facebook then. Correct. Did you find that there was kind of an initial struggle to get members on board with that community or have you found that engagement's good there? Engagement is nowhere near as good as a Facebook group. And, and that's because people get stuck on Facebook. Simple as that. It's because of those neuroscientists over there trying to keep them on the platform. So engagement is not as good. However, the quality of conversations is far better. And so I'm, I'm in a member in lots of other groups and you can chime in and they're just the conversations default down to the lowest common denominator pretty quickly. And so someone will ask for some advice and in come the trolls and horrible advice is given out and bad recommendations are put in and, and everyone seems to think they're an expert in it. And uh, so those, while there is engagement issues between having a, an off Facebook kind of group and an on Facebook kind of group, you've also got to take the bigger picture in a view as to what kind of quality conversations those things are. And yes, it did take us until we probably got to about, I'm going to say 75 to hundred members before we started having a, a fairly active community. Now our community is still only small. We're only just reached, we're just about to hit 250 members at the moment, but, uh, but we're kind of got a pretty, uh, every day there is many conversations going on each day at the moment, typically. 
And, uh, and that's good. That's the way it should be. There's not too much. There's not too little. It's kind of just right. It's my, the, the term I like to use is we're right-whelming our people. We're not overwhelming them. We're not <laughs> underwhelming them. Yeah, right-whelming. I like that. <laughs> Yeah. And I, I, I think you're right there. The quality is, is so much more important than just lots of people kind of liking or, or saying yeah. yes, me too, or whatever. Yeah, correct. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Um, so I noticed on the sales page that you allow members to pause their account as well. Have you found that that's been a good option for you to have? Yeah. So we have had, I'm going to say, eight to 10 people that have paused that have come back within the, the six month period, which if we didn't have a pausing option, they probably would not have come back. And people, when they pause, we, we've got a, a thing that they can fill out that gives us a reason. And we, I get a report each month on all the reasons that people have paused and they're, they're all that they've just got so much stuff on at the moment or whatever it is, or they've got cash flow issues or whatever. Um, and they just need a pause. And a lot of them, as I said, we've got probably at least 10 that have come back within that period of time because they just needed that little break. And so we're not, I'm not out there to, I know some membership sites have got this rule that if you cancel, you're never coming back again and, and whatnot. Like business is messy. Business changes. I want to be kind of flexible to our guys. Uh, maybe in our high level programs, we'll have stricter rules around that. But in the, in the tech tribe, I want to make it nice and easy. You come in when you need to. Uh, if you've got a pause for health or business reasons or whatever, you can. It's, um, we're not going to kick you in the rear end about it. We're not going to force you to get out and never come back again. The thing we do have though, is that as, we, we grandfather everything, everyone in on their pricing. So the price they join at is the price they keep for a mem- for the lifetime they stay a member, including if they pause for up to six months. However, if that goes over that six months, then they lose their grandfather price. And so if they've paused and they don't re unpause in that particular time window, they then need to rejoin back at whatever rate it is. Okay. So they can pause for however long they want, but if it's more than six months, they create new subscription. But actually at the six month point, it says, okay, you've been paused for six months. Now we're just going to run you through a cancellation process. And it gives them a little warning saying, Hey, uh, if you were thinking about it, here's how the details to log back in. And that's what people have been using that have been joining back up. But um, for the people that don't unpause or don't resume, they just then go through a standard cancellation process and, uh, and whatnot. Um, there was something I was going to mention then about that ah, with the pause process, the way that we found that got the majority of those members back that, um, that had paused for whatever reason was we sent out a weekly digest like you guys do and the pause members still get the weekly digest, but up the top of it, we've got a little bit of conditional logic that says if the member is paused, put a little note saying, Hey, we know you're paused. We're just going to keep sending you this just so that you can see what's happening inside the tribe. And if anything in there is something that might help you out in your business, feel free to log back in and press the resume button and you'll be able to jump back into it. And that, that means that they're still kind of keeping weekly tabs on what's popping up and what training we're, we're doing and whatnot. And, uh, and the couple that I've spoken to personally that have, after they've unpaused, have said, I, I love seeing what was going on. And as soon as I was in the right spot again, I saw one that went, yeah, I've got to go in and figure out what that is. And I've pressed the resume button. And that's what got them back in. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Making sure that you're still front of mind with those pause members there, essentially. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so let's talk about life as a membership site owner now then. Do you have a team helping you with the site or is it all you? Uh, we do. I do. Um, very small. So I've got a, in Australia, we've got a, a friend that's been working with me for many years. Who's our kind of higher level dev. He um, he's working every day in the business and he does the customer support. Then we've got an admin person who's doing uh, some of our stuff is we don't have automations for, for things like pauses and cancellations because some of it we just have to do manually in certain steps of it. And so we've got an admin guy that, that every day he's doing all the admin work in there as well. Uh, I had a, a, another guy that worked 
at least 20 hours a week for, for about nine months working on all the marketing stuff. And then he, he would dive into some of the, the internal stuff as well. However, right now it's just those other two guys. It's just myself, the two guys, my wife that looks after all the accounting and the bookkeeping and, uh, and we keep it nice and small, nice and nimble right. and small. <laughs> and so what tasks are you yourself focusing on, on a daily or weekly basis? So replying in the, the forums, typically there's, there's a half an hour to an hour of work a day while I'm in there replying to coaching threads and, and looking after our tribal masters and whatnot. Uh, then the rest of it is, is future pacing stuff. So figuring out what we're going to work on next, what projects we're going to improve or whatnot, and then just coming up with training. So coming up with what resources or templates or training programs or whatnot we're going to put in there. They're kind of the main things that I, I work on. Uh, obviously the, the speed coaching calls that I give to everybody as they, they join, that's a big component of it. I time block them on Tuesdays and Thursdays only. Uh, however, when we're even in times at the moment, my Tuesdays and Thursdays have at least got three to four of them each day, each Tuesday and Thursday. And that's from no marketing, just from people joining. And uh, so that takes up a fairly significant chunk of the week when you're doing that. Uh, the rest of the time I'm, I'm out the front surfing, which um, is a very important part of being a membership site owner. <laughs> Yeah. If you live in Australia, at least not, not quite the same if, uh, <laughs> if you're in the UK, I don't think. No, true. So overall, how much time would you say that the membership takes you on a, a weekly basis? That is a hard question because that fluctuates so lot, so much nowadays. If I was to, so if we were just to stop all of our future growth stuff and not do any plans and not roll anything out, it can get down to half an hour to an hour a day. However, that's not, my plan is to grow this and, and deliver excess value and whatnot. So, so I would say the minimum I need to put in to, to keep things going really well and, and get stuff rolled out is, is probably at least a half a day every day. So five days a week. And, uh, and that works in well with my investment business as well. It allows me to, to spend time on that and allows me to spend time doing other things that we do uh, and whatnot. So uh, it's kind of a little bit of lifestyle in there as well. We're not making millions out of the thing yet. One day, maybe. But uh, we're not making millions out of it. And, uh, and so I like having it kind of lower touch, lower requirement on me. I still get in. I still do my genius and I still have help everyone out. But I don't make it. I haven't turned into an 80-hour-a-week business and I don't, I don't want to. I learned that lesson in my last business. Yeah, and I, I think that's the beauty of a membership site. It, it shouldn't and doesn't need to be an 80-hour business. Correct. And the, the biggest thing for this in this business is for me, it's location and time independent. I can run it when I want, wherever I want. And there's a few things each week that are, are time dependent, like my, um, like our, our tribal masters accountability calls and the, the tribal gathering that we have each month, as well as if people lock things on my Tuesday and Thursday calendars. However, the majority of the work is location and time independent. I can be wherever we are in the world and we travel a fair bit. And uh, so I'll, I'll be over your neck of the woods in, in three weeks, four weeks. Uh, and I'll be in America in two weeks. So we'll be, jumping all around the world. But the, this kind of, the beauty of this kind of business is that you can run it from, from all of those places really easily. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that definitely is the bonus of a membership and most, well, not most, but some online businesses as well. It's just that location independence is, is awesome. <laughs> it's a big thing. Absolutely. We, we love our travel as much as it's tough with two young kids. We still get out there and do it. They've got more stamps on their passports at the age of two and four than I had by the time I was 30. <laughs> And that's great for them. They're gonna, it is for them. Going to be well travelled. Absolutely. Um, so overall, then, what impact would you say that having the membership has actually had for you in terms of on your life, on your business? 
the biggest thing for me is that location and time independence. That is the biggest impact for me. Uh, well, well, two things, that location and time independence, as well as getting into a business where I can see that my results and my output matter and where I can see that, that I am out there and there's a tribe of people out there in the world that, that I've created something that is helping them do better. That's helping them have a better day or wake up better or do something better for their clients or go to sleep at night with a little bit less stress on their shoulders or whatnot. To me, they're the two big things, location and time independence, impact with my, my tribe. And they are, they absolutely, both of them drive me to do what I do every day. Awesome. I love that. And so is there anything you wish you'd known earlier or that you'd do differently if you were starting again? Oh, good question. Um, it's the old procrastination and analysis paralysis thing, right? So back when we first started, I probably could have started six months earlier but I was, and I'd sold my business at least nine months before we started. So I had nine months to get this thing launched. And I just sat in, in some of those modes too long. And looking back now, if I was to talk to myself back then, I would have just said, just launch the damn thing, launch and tweak and tune and adjust from there, launch it at a lower price point or whatever to, to take into account that it's not going to be where you want it to be and just get the thing rolling. And, um, and know that you can do it. I guess when you're first rolling out one of these, it's a new business model for all of us as we're going through and doing it. And so you have to build up a little bit of confidence in it as well. And, uh, and that takes time and that takes making sure that you get some quick wins and, and some of those quick wins. One of the, I guess one of the other things that I would, would look back on is never assume anything, always ask everything. So I would go back and I would assume that my members might want this because I might've wanted it when I was in business and I'd go and create it and no one would need it or no one would want it. I go, that wonder why that happened. I just spent nine hours creating that 10 minutes and no one cares about it. Uh, nowadays, I don't do that. I go and figure out what people are really wanting and I spend super detailed amounts of time just analyzing what people are looking at, the pain points they've got and whatnot. And then I get in and I create content for that, not based on what my assumptions are of what they want. Yeah. And you mentioned there about that you, you kind of spend time looking at what people are, are doing. Do you actually ask members directly or are you basing this on questions that come up in the community and things like that? Uh, ask people directly on coaching calls where they're, where they're working on, whether they've seen certain things, whether they've dived into certain things, whether they've got value out of certain things, as well as, uh, we, we watch a little bit in the background of what people are going through. We tag everybody based on, um, what has been watched and what training sessions have been used so that we can go and see what are the most commonly used ones. Uh, but the majority of the stuff comes from the conversations that go on inside the communities, the questions that get asked over and over and over and over again, and the challenges that people have. And that's the majority of where, where we see things that are happening. Yeah, I think having that feedback from members just helps you to, to make sure that you're kind of creating the best product possible for them. And, right. and as you said earlier, when it came to con creating content, you're creating stuff that they actually want and need. Yeah, correct. And being one of those guys uh, for... 15, 20 years in the past helps as well. I was one of them and it means that it's, it's a little bit easier to know. But again, I still did make some assumptions along the way that I shouldn't have made, uh, thinking that I knew everything and I certainly didn't. So I still, even as much as I've, I've been one of them for 15 years and I, I had been in the industry for that long and whatnot, I still needed to make sure that I was, was making them involved in the process as well and just asking what people want and just keeping an eye on what people are, are doing rather than making all of the assumptions 100% based on what I've got going going on and bouncing around inside my head. Yeah. And just a quick question, actually, that just popped in my head before we, before we wrap up, you're based in Australia. Are you finding the most of your members are Australian or is it more of an international mix? No, we're a, we're a mix. I think the last time we did the numbers were about 35 to 40% us. 
about 35 to 40% Australian, about 10% UK, and then the rest from, from everywhere else. And we have got people in some, some strange locations around the place in certain South American countries that I'd never heard of before and, and all sorts of stuff. So it's typically that majority, it, America is a very, very, very big market for us. So when we're doing Facebook ads and whatnot, we're typically targeting the American market. Um, and so we've found that that's got the most growth. That's kind of the, it's probably, I'd say that's probably 45 and, and now Australia is 35% would be where, where I'll probably put it at. Okay. So a good mix. And are you charging in US dollars? We do. Yeah. yeah. US dollars, uh, one, one currency makes it easy then. Awesome. And so one last question for you then. I'd love to know what your goals are for the tech tribe. So where would you like to be in 12 months time? 12 months time, I'd love to see it at somewhere between 500 and 750 members. Uh, with, I've, got this, I've got this vision in my head of all of the content and the training and whatever that I want in there. And uh, a certain number of people inside the tribal masters, the higher level program. But my vision is that it's a thriving, engaging community of people helping each other out at that point in time. We're at, we're at 250 now, so we're kind of a third of the way where I, I see it getting to. I don't want to go too much bigger than that. I've been in, in membership programs where there's thousands of members and they just dilute and it becomes crazy. So I kind of see my vision is that uh, we get to that kind of maybe 750 cap, maybe a little bit more if we can handle it. And, and that's where we probably put the lid on things and we just double down and we love on our people then. And we just get this really engaged fostering community with um, one of the things that in 12 months time, we want to be focusing more on is in person. So right now it's a, a global online kind of community. And whenever I'm traveling, I'll put on a dinner for people in that, that certain area. But in 12 months' time, once we've got, say, 750 people, there's going to be a whole lot more people in local areas as I'm traveling around. And I want to start to get pull people out of – so we pulled them out of Facebook into something off Facebook. Now I want to pull them even offline and into in-person meetups a little bit more over the next 12 months. So, so that's where my vision will be, uh, getting them all growing, getting them helping each other out, some accountability stuff in there, uh, and just getting it back to being people, more, more people kind of focus, less transactional kind of focus. Awesome. That sounds great. And so if someone wants to check out the site, where's the best place for them to do that? Easiest one at the moment is just head to the techtribe.com and that will take you straight to our sales page to sell you up and sign you up. (laughs) Awesome. And so great. Thank you so much for joining me today, Nigel. It's been an absolute pleasure talking with you and I'm really looking forward to watching you hit those goals in the next year or so as well. Thank you for having me and uh, thank you to you and Mike. You guys have absolutely been an inspiration for me along the journey and I've learned a pile of things uh, that we've done inside your community. So thank you for what you guys do and keep at it. That's it for this week, folks. Thank you to Nigel for joining me for this episode and sharing details about his Tech Tribe membership. If you want to check out what he's doing, then be sure to head on over to thetechtribe.com. One of the keys to Nigel's success with his membership site is how well he knows his members and their needs, not just because he was one of them once upon a time, but because he spends his time actually listening to them, both prior his private coaching and his general membership community. And this has allowed him to achieve great success with his membership, despite doing things that may not scale well. Although I actually love that Nigel's goal isn't to have thousands of members. He knows that he wants to only scale this to a certain size in order to provide the best service. So what was your biggest takeaway from this episode? Let me know over in the free Facebook group over at talkmemberships.com. And if you'd like to pick up the transcript or show notes, then head on over to themembershipguys.com slash btm20. 
Thanks once again to Nigel and thank you for listening. Join me at same time, same bat channel next week for another episode. If you've enjoyed today's episode of Behind the Membership, we invite you to check out the membersiteacademy.com. The Member Site Academy is the essential resource for anyone at any stage of starting, growing and running a membership website. So whether you're still figuring out what your idea is going to be or whether your website is already up and running and you're just looking for ways to grow it and attract new members, then the Member Site Academy can help you to get to the next level. With our extensive course library, monthly training, exclusive member-only discounts, perks and tools and a supportive, active community to help you along the way with feedback, encouragement and advice, the Member Site Academy is the perfect place to be for anyone looking to start, manage and grow a successful membership website. So check it out at membersiteacademy.com.